You're listening to Lights Out, where we'll talk about all things Formula One. From racecraft and strategy, to politics on and off the grid, and just about everything else in between. This is our call to the girls, gays, and theys who might have never considered themselves sporty, that now is the time to get into sports. Or at least this sport. And to the guys, welcome to the ladies' locker room. We're your hosts. I'm Kate. My name is Kennedy. And with that... Hi, everyone. It's me, Kennedy. Um, you are hearing another voice here on the pod. Hello. Um, in, the, in the traditional segment. Yeah, I just got nervous. <laughs> <laughs> Producer Soap. Soap, our race up? engineer, our podcast engineer. What's Sophie up? is here on the mic. Like we mentioned last week, Kate is taking a little break. She's on vacation this week. And so mm-hmm. producer Soph has graciously agreed to just come on and be our, our host. I'm a behind the scenes gal. So, you know, <laughs> this is uh, pushing it for me, but I pleased to be here. Glad to, uh, you know, fill in for momentarily. Yeah. No, I get it. It was definitely very weird um, because we weren't sure if Kate was going to watch the race in real time with us this morning Mm -hmm. that we like sent a little message being like, are we all watching? What's going on? Because we're also in different places because Kate and Soph um, live or they live together in in Brooklyn. So like usually they'd be watching it together. But Mm -hmm. Soph and I just started talking as it, because we were obviously we mm-hmm. understood the assignment, so we were we were doing <laughs> our job. And Kate, thank God we didn't say too much already, but Kate was just like, "Yeah, we're not watching." And it was very weird to just like I not know. be in the lights out group chat. And I mean, just text Soph directly. Like the nature of our conversations, like just you to like me to you, yeah. are not related to formula one at all so no. it was like very no. we- felt very foreign to bring that into our chat i know it's an adjustment we're making it it's yeah. it's it was fun though it was still very fun yeah it was, it was great. a great race i was i honestly am really glad i was a bit nervous knowing that i wouldn't have kate to like sort of bounce mm-hmm. off of for this episode but it was pretty eventful i think the best part about it was that starting grid lineup mm-hmm. um which had mr lando norris uh starting in p3 mm-hmm. as well as georgie russell <gasps> georgie russell was in p12 <laughs> let me <laughs> We don't have the assured confidence that Kate brings to I know. Give, providing statements. She, that, that woman has an unbelievable amount of storage in her brain for she really does everything. Truly, I did him a disservice. So our notable lineup members, other than you know Verstappen, Botas, Hamilton, the like. So Lando Norris is P three, mm-hmm. starting position. Mm-hmm. Pierre Gasly, P6, starting position. Mm-hmm. And then Georgie Russell in the Williams car was Dude. P10. <gasps> the man started in the points. For the those Williams of you, in the points. I know. The Williams in the points. For those of you who may have not listened to our What Happened in 2020 episode, George Russell, 
is a member of the Williams Racing Team. He also happens to be a reserve driver for the Mercedes team, which up until you know this season has really taken the top tier spot when it comes to the constructors and the driver's championship. Last season in 2020, due to COVID, Lewis Hamilton was not able to race and they called up George Russell, Mr. Georgie Russell from the Williams Racing Team pulls him up to Mercedes and he raced one hell of a drive at the Bahrain GP in the late 2020 season. And he was so close. He led like 97% of the laps in in that race. Unreal. He was so close and he was... Grossly like, wronged. He was wronged. Yes, wrong is the right word. He was wronged by some some strategy and issues with the pitting that happened. And he was not able... He he, ugh. it was just a heartbreaking thing. I, I recommend if you haven't heard about it, so could probably insert the minute mark that it is, uh, yeah, in 2020 I'll find episode. It. If you guys would like to hear Kate and Kennedy's amazing recap of the George Russell fiasco that happened in 2020, please check out episode two of our podcast called So What the Hell Happened in 2020. And the timestamp for that is around 46.04, 46 minutes and four seconds. Enjoy. Report back. Back to the program. You guys do a good coverage of it, especially because Drive to Survive did not cover it, which we were all very shocked by. Very shocked. But Soph and I, you know, in our two-man chat today during the Mm -hmm. race, did have a conversation about it, thinking that as a little bit of maybe a CYA cover cover your ass for mm-hmm. the the drive to survive project that there is a likelihood that they were like oh well so much happened in the 2020 season that i mean had he won it would have been great but this other storyline was way better and we'll get to him in 2021 because like obviously this isn't where the story ends i do think that they'll likely be profiling George pretty heavily for this fourth mm-hmm. season, the 2021 season of the Drive to Survive television or television docu-series on Netflix. We'll see. But definitely it's lineups like this today that really bring that home. However. <sighs> Tragedy. For our, you know, Pierre Gasly's and Georgie Russell's, today was not the race for them. No. Both of them, I would say within the first 15 laps, retired their vehicles due to... Was George... Wasn't it longer for George? I feel like he lasted quite a bit of time. So George pitted the car to switch out to a set of the hard tires at lap 26. Unfortunately, there were pieces of debris that due to a little bit of a kerfuffle on the track... They tried to clear it out, and so he was in the pit for 18.3 seconds, which means he had to come back again due to unresolved issues. Ruling his points ambitions out, he ended up at the back of the field before he retired at lap 38 of 71 of the Styrian Grand Prix today. It was very sad. It's so disappointing. I think every everyone who wasn't just Soph and I, like, that watches Formula One had texted me being like, George Aww. with sad eyes because they know yeah. he's just such like a hardworking lad. And I just really want great things for him. 
Yeah. But it's fine. Tough break. Tough break. He and um, and Pierre had a tough break. I know. Pierre, Pierre short race. Short race, buddy. Yeah. That was tough. He ended up um, within the first lap of the race. He had a collision and then messed up his axle and, you know, steering. And so he was trying to get out of the way of other people, um, which ended up him having another little bit of a scuff and collision with some other people. And he was just like on the, he's like driving as like the tires like flapping in the wind behind him. And he retired very early on in this Mm -hmm. race. Mm-hmm. It's just disappointing, disappointing. But we know that there is a lot of time left in the season for these two. They have been um, growing leaps and bounds within the last two seasons. So I really am looking forward to truly what 2021 has in store for them. The The season's not over just yet. There's a lot more. I do want to say that I think F1 TV production team... I think they heard you and Kate from last week because they heard us too. Wow. Did we get a midfield show guys? It was so nice guys. (laughs) I'm, I'm just saying as like someone who works in like marketing and communications, like obviously I understand like listening to your audience and getting a pulse check. Um, But this has been fantastic for us. (laughs) so good us and the vibes we've been putting out into the universe the manifestation has been working so we got a lot more information about the midfield today from the commentators on the main feed which is amazing um we had someone actually point out to us who listens to the podcast um saying you know that they noticed last week during the french gp that whenever like something seemed to be happening in the midfield they'd be like going over on their their player switching over to the individual driver the cams. listener was the, yeah. yeah the listener the listener was doing this switching over to the individual driver cams trying to like get in on the action but it's genius. just a lot of work it's well genius but that's a lot of work and dedication so it was really, really great that that person got to kind of take a break this week yeah. and, and get a little bit more information um, from the, the main feed about the, the midfield. I think they did a fantastic job. Yeah. Do you think that was because I just I mean, this track seemed like there were so many more overtake opportunities. Mm-hmm. And so do you think that that was just the producer saying, we know this is going to happen more often? So maybe we should like they thought to cover it ahead of time this time or would have would that I don't know. It seemed like last week's track was sort of similar. I don't know. Yeah, I think that's a really great point. I also think that and I feel like Sophie, you could probably sympathize with this working in production as well, that you kind of take in the happenings of the days mm-hmm. leading up to the live event or whatever's happening itself. Mm-hmm. So I think the fact that qualifying yesterday had set up this grid where we had a, re- a nice mix of midfield mm. and, you know, the the top contenders together made them a bit more aware to the fact that there was going to be some action in other places. I felt like at the beginning of this race, and you may disagree, that the 
the midfield, the whole lineup itself was kind of like squished together. Like they were all like vying and, you know, pedal to the metal kind of situation, trying to, to gain position and placement over each other, that they were all bunched up. Um, and it wasn't until like it felt it felt like it took a little bit longer for them to kind of spread out a little bit, and then eventually, yes, like the top contenders were lapping people. <laughs> but crazy. But I definitely think that there was a lot of energy here at the uh, the Red Bull Ring. I think that they know the track as a production team, but also like taking in some external factors like that too. Hopefully, and I I would say just fingers crossed for the rest of the season that whoever produced today's live segment continues to either do that themselves or, um, you know, that that trend uh, is something that we continue to see over the season because we're here. Like there are people who have favorites that never ever get camera time and it's simply because like they're kind of in the mid to back of the the grid but I I think it's even like crucially important when we talk about our constructors and sort of the battle that they're fighting with one another that it's not just Red Bull and Mercedes you know Ferrari and McLaren are in a heated battle at the moment and Williams you know with Georgie placing at p10 during qualifying and starting the race there that is something that definitely williams is throwing a curveball for other teams that are are felt as if it was a guarantee that they were going to be at the back of the grid when it's not necessarily been the case for this season so there's there's some heat it's not necessarily just the drivers but the constructors uh are catching on to this as well yeah i think I was sort of not paying attention as much to the McLaren Ferrari competition until Mm -hmm. this race. Mm -hmm. It felt very prevalent in this one. And the commentators seemed to be talking more about that and addressing that. You know, they were saying that McLaren made some choices today, like Lando backing off and letting Valtteri through today was probably a strategy choice in terms of, okay, our fight is with Ferrari. It's not mm-hmm. with these top dogs. Our, fi- our fight is to keep ahead of Ferrari, which is just seemed like it was present more so than it has been before. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely proving well. There, there are drivers that throughout the course of Formula One as a sport, there are some drivers that they always want to be number one. If they're not number one, if they're not you know, getting P1 top of the podium, they're mad at themselves. And then there are other drivers that with probably the support of their team, but their own ambition are very strategic. They know where, when to take their losses. Alain Prost, who raced with the likes of Ayrton Senna, they used to call him the professor because he was so calculated. It didn't matter where he was. He knew exactly he was calculating the points every single race on how to formaically get his world championship standing for that season so it's it's really interesting to see where people are picking and choosing their battles this season um Mm -hmm. when it comes to the constructors themselves yeah the other couple things i was thinking about when watching today i was i found myself rooting for good old danny Mm -hmm. i was excited about his he was overtaking. It was fun. And I was ex- waiting for him to get back into the points and was going to be excited for him. 
And then it just didn't happen. And I was mm. sad again. And I kind of feel <laughs> for him. I just want him to get this car. I think I was noticing that, you know, watching Drive to Survive, he's sort of the first character you get in season one as being a fully rounded human being. Yeah. And also pitched as, you know, an amazing driver because he is. But I think because he was cemented so early on in my head as like the Formula One driver. Yeah. I was, it's so weird to me that he's, you know, hanging out in the back and yeah. just they're having trouble figuring out the the chemistry between himself and the McLaren car. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really great point to make. So I'm going to talk about it in two ways, just mm-hmm. going off of your point that you made. Item number one, when it comes to him and the McLaren, the commentators talked about it today that the Renault, which is the car that he drove for the past two seasons, is a very low rev vehicle that was that had like a lot of quiet power mm-hmm. versus the McLaren is a very high rev vehicle. So it's mm. like all like muscle and all in the front and it's all mm. pushing you forward. And so mm. it's it's really I think going from like the Red Bull which is probably a high rev high energy kind of power unit down to a Renault which is more of a, like a I I almost kind of am visualizing as like uh, when anger is like kind of building within you, it takes a while for it to warm up and to get Mm -hmm. there. Mm -hmm. And then you're going over to a McLaren, which is probably seated somewhere between those two. Mm -hmm. It takes a while to adjust back to that style of driving. I think he's Mm -hmm. doing his best. Yeah. Yeah. I really am curious about (laughs) what the rest of the season holds for Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah. Number two, you made a fantastic point. And I think we see this a lot, especially like now that um, the Lights Out pod is now on TikTok. Um, Lights Out pod gals F, or Lights Out F1. So <laughs> I mess it up every time. I'm so sorry. Uh, honestly, I have to check to make sure now because Lights Out F1 pod gals. There we go. Lights Out F1 pod gals on TikTok if you want to follow. Uh, my my dad like texted me the other day. He's like, "What's your TikTok name?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, Mike, are you ready for this? Let's go, dads." Um, anyway, who said? So item two, <laughs> item number two. You made a fantastic point. Um, so us being on TikTok, you know, just as like regular girls, but also like Formula One fans. I similarly similarly to you, so. Daniel Ricardo was like the first character, the first love mm-hmm. for a lot of Formula One fans who mm-hmm. became a fan of Formula One by watching the Drive to Survive docuseries. Right. I yes. mean, why not? He's charming. He's charismatic. He's genuinely seems to be very nice. He doesn't take himself too seriously. Yeah. Um, he's a bit informal. And we love that. I think as an American audience, love that about someone you don't want to feel like someone's better than you you don't want to feel like someone's stuffy and puffy and like Mm kind of just too like can't take a joke can't can't have a beer with you that mentality we think you think about it in terms of public perception of like politicians a lot of people you know see Dana ricardo as that first person that first Mm -hmm. love Mm -hmm. and so when he was introduced he was on this high and then mm-hmm. similarly, similar to the power unit, he was yeah. on this high, 
kind of went down to a low, but it was like a simmering, I I still love you, kind of like, you're like a good driver. Like, I really want this for you. Like, I want more for you than what you're being given, you know, Mm -hmm. accept more than the love than you think you deserve, Daniel. (laughs) We're we're moving up a little bit now to this, like this mid tier, this middle tier, gunning for top tier position. Mm -hmm. And we're wanting Daniel to kind of like, build he he's as like a as a hero he's been down and we're trying to have this redemption for him mm-hmm. and i really think that us and a lot of other people are hoping yeah. that that comes in the I 2021 know. season here's my follow-up question okay i always wonder how often are you know daniel and lando or valtry and lewis going to get a beer after work and Mm. being like what button did you press at this turn you know just like comparing notes I feel like there's got to be a lot of ego around that that is probably very difficult to overcome and I don't know if it's necessarily even encouraged Mm -hmm. on the teams and I know that they do you know team meetings and stuff but I I just wonder when it's like Lando is where he is Mm -hmm. is placing where he's been placing and Daniel's been placing where he's pla- been placing so far this season. So I can offer a personal opinion and take here. Yeah. I think it depends. Um, mm-hmm. I think it depends on sort of how new talent is brought into the the team. I think there are a lot of times where there's this hope that the more senior driver on the team takes the new recruit under their wing and really like fosters this bond with them and has like this this mentor kind of relationship with them Mm -hmm. right i think that is an expectation for younger drivers coming into the sport however um i can't remember exactly what driver said this but at the end of the day this is their job and they're just co-workers Mm -hmm. and they're also competitors and so I think Lando and Daniel probably have like a really great relationship, co-working worker Mm -hmm. type relation, colleagues relationship. And I think they, there was a lot of like build up to them becoming teammates because like Lando's the young, funny class clown and Daniel's a seasoned class clown and Mm -hmm. like kind of wanting to them to like, he's funny and he's funny. Why don't you just be funny together? Like that kind of thing, right? (laughs) Where's your special guys? Yeah. Your Netflix special. But chemistry like that isn't something that can be forced and it also changes over time. I think Mm -hmm. given the the struggles that have been happening um, Mm -hmm. with the Ricardo part of the McLaren team. I'd like to think that they probably like, you know, are cool with one another and, you know, hang out whenever they are obligated to do so. And maybe occasionally like here and there, but I don't know how much additional time outside of like Mm. their work obligations that they're spending Mm -hmm. time with one another they do like driver debrief meetings and maybe like they grab like dinner or drink or cool down together in that way but i don't really know how much that's happening i doubt that lewis hamilton and valtteri botas are like doing (laughs) like cold bath soaks together and like just Just reminiscing yeah yeah i doubt (laughs) the sauna time season three of survive okay (laughs) 
Can, can you wouldn't it be great if they both went to the same i forgot what like you guys were saying that valtteri listens to but like heart like metal i want them to go, both be in the crowd standing next to each other they're the like dads that don't dance but they are dancing you know <laughs> like next to each other in the crowd oh yes i love that but i love that true. you know who probably i think doesn't happen. who i think is probably like that i i'd like to think that like Ciro Beatable and Christian Horner were probably like stew- <gasps> stewing, but at the same like discotheque together, like having a dance off or something like that. But like not like acknowledging one another in the dance off. Yes. It's just like to my friends. It's just and like a lot of like, yeah. get out of my face. Kind of like, I don't want you dancing in my space. This is my area. Like, don't talk to me. And Zach Brown was the judge and he yeah. handed out tequila shots at the end. Yes, yes, yes. That helps put it into perspective in terms of it's just a colleague. Because I think yeah. when from getting the, you know, drive to survive information and perspective, you're like, this is a cast of characters. Exactly. It pitches it in a little bit more of a dramatic way. Exactly. I you're mean, right. I mean, you could even see it. So Max Verstappen and Daniel Ricciardo, you know, they they were teammates. Daniel mm-hmm. chose to la- leave. But he and Max are like still buds. Like they're still like very bros. Sweet, yeah. they, they do have like a really sweet relationship to, with one another. So much so that this mm-hmm. week during an interview that Daniel was having, <gasps> Max Verstappen came and, you know, gave him a little little bum bum squeeze and, <laughs> and you know, woo, a little booty pinch. Ooh. Well, surprised, surprised Daniel. Um, and then they talked about the fact that Max what looked way better, about? way mm-hmm. better with um, a regular baseball cap, not the flat brim cap. I think the phrase face. was, I think Daniel said, wow, you look skinnier. which which we don't need that to be like that's not necessarily body positivity coming from daniel sure but you know i don't know how max responded i i I saw that part of the video and i was like this has proven he said he said you look skinnier and max responded yeah it's he said oh no and then he goes oh did you get a haircut he said no it's i'm not wearing the flat rim cap yeah. I'm wearing the the regular round one. He goes, I think it just makes me look older. And Daniel was like, you look great. So, I mean, if Danny Ricardo could also say that we should get rid of the ball team flat brim cap, Max Verstappen, <laughs> I think it's time to do a purge of your closets. Yeah. So, although he didn't listen to Daniel no. today, so it's fine. No, he's not going to. I think perhaps we can continue to hopefully manifest but eh. we'll see seems to not be paying attention let's just give our race results so i think it's time 30 minutes in (laughs) 30 minutes in i think it's time to give our race results if you've not seen it um it comes as very little surprise i don't want to say no surprise because maybe for some it was a surprise very little surprise that the 17th time of this combination of podium sitters, not in this order. Uh, Max Verstappen as uh, P1, Lewis Hamilton, P2, Valtteri Bottas, P3. Um, It's nothing we haven't seen before. No, no. However, this is the first race, this is the first time since 2014 that Mercedes hasn't, has gone four races in a row without winning, mm-hmm. which I find very interesting. Yeah. It seems like both everybody's kind of losing the faith in the 
Like Lewis is definitely just straight out today was like, yeah, they have the pace and we don't. Mm -hmm. And I was kind of surprised to hear him say it out loud, you know? Yeah. I'm, he skipped the denial phase, I think. Yeah. I'm very curious to see how the next few races before the summer break go. And I'm curious to know if during the summer break, maybe some some reworking might be taking place of the Mercedes strategy. And although they did not win today, I think let's just I'm just going to say it one last time. It's early days. It's early days. <laughs> Who knows? We're on the brink of it not being, on, but yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, Sebastian Vettel was pulling ahead of you know his competitors at one point, and and mm-hmm. then Lewis overtook him. So it's fine. This is at one point meaning a previous season, so it's fine. It'll happen. Whatever is meant to happen will happen. I think that's what we need to need to, we need to say. But also, congratulations to Max. I think he's doing really, really mm-hmm. well. The time and the work that he's put in over the last seven seasons he's been part of Formula One Damn. have proven to be fruitful. But additionally, he he made a comment in the press this week talking about, you know, he's really curious to see. He's only 25. You know, what the next, oh. <laughs> what he's going to be like in when he's in his 30s. I think that... Damn. Max Verstappen has a very long, very dominating career ahead of him when it comes to what he's going to do. I'm actually genuinely curious thinking about that, thinking about his future as to how long he'll stay with Red Bull. Yeah. Um, Like I, I would be shocked to see him make a move. I think it would probably be on par with a Daniel Ricciardo type move away from Red Bull if Max were ever to part ways in terms of drama in terms of drama I think yeah it it would it would be very surprising and I bring this up because so Helmut Marco Dr. Helmut Marco who is the head of Red Bull's driver development program was the one who accepted the trophy for the constructors part of today's award session and Helmut Marco is someone who knows talent and can spot talent really well. So I think for him, it was a very full circle moment to have someone who he probably brokered and negotiated the deal for him to come to Formula One and Red Bull in general. His driver, Max, is in the lead for the world championship standing for the first time. And I mean, Red Bull has a very ambitious goal when they took on Max. He was the youngest driver that they ever took that um, Red Bull and Formula One has ever seen and will continue as we said in our road to F1 episode be the youngest driver that was ever entered into Formula One Um, for good reason if you haven't listened to it recommend it Um, we lay out all the reasons why but also I think it's been years in the making trying to get him to become the youngest world champion they had that ambition when they signed him on at 17 um, and he has just refined his drive so much that that is definitely a possibility that's on the horizon. So very interesting. Very, very interesting. I will say, you know, it's 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 I think before this race, I was sort of still in the thinking of Lewis is just going to win. He just has it. You know, yeah, he, it's just it's Lewis Hamilton. He's going to win his eighth world championship. And I will say that, you know, I am starting to become more interested in their battle for mm-hmm. for the title because I think, you know, now 
I, as somewhat of a lay person when it comes to F1, I'm now seeing how good of a driver Max truly is mm-hmm. to be what doing what he's doing alongside Lewis Hamilton. So, yeah, it's it is. I am more engaged in that in that who's going to win thing. But it's still, you know, I'm still here for the midfield. Yeah. Like the girls on the pod usually are. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, definitely. I think a really strong point to make about Lewis and why I think everyone there, there are two camps. There are camps that are like sick of Lewis Hamilton winning everything. Mm -hmm. But then there are also other camps that really, really want Lewis to get that eighth title Mm -hmm. and the reason being so of course seven world championship titles it's an amazing feat it's been done before by michael schumacher the difference between michael schumacher one of many differences but a difference between michael schumacher's seven world championship titles and lewis hamilton's seven world championship titles is lewis hamilton has only been in the sport since 2006 and he won seven world championship titles michael schumacher was in considerably longer and over a course of more years won seven titles Mm -hmm. because lewis has done it so quickly it's like an even more of an amazing feat you know it's very Mm -hmm. much more that like goat geo like greatest of all time mentality that is tacked with lewis hamilton Mm -hmm. so getting that eighth world title max could eventually go smash that record some other time but it would just be great if it could happen now for lewis yeah so i think i'm in that camp honestly yeah yeah i mean if we if we (laughs) i sent a clip of my parents and my family reacting to lewis oh yeah losing position to to max last week uh, to our group chat and you could hear like my whole family like we're fighting with one another being yeah. like no he needs he just needs to get it together <laughs> so he could get his eighth world title like if we're very <laughs> passionate about this for him because he's he is a fantastic athlete and you don't mm-hmm. want and I, I just i think there's like a piece of me that doesn't want him to be eclipsed by max so early when he already has like time left i don't know yeah those are my feelings i agree i mean yeah i think i'm just sort of right now i'm like okay lewis i would like you to get this now this Mm -hmm. season and then and i think it would be even more rewarding and you know we love an underdog and all of a sudden as of this race mercedes i think is sort of playing the we are all of a sudden an underdog Mm -hmm. thing which you know, an audience loves an underdog. Some people fucking hate it, but like, whatever. So right now, I'm just so attached to that storyline, even though it's sort of further far from the truth. But, you know, it'd be lovely for him to just get it now because it's even more valuable, I think, for him to win it now because Max and Red Bull are giving him such a run for it, you know? Yeah, yeah Such definitely. a run for it. And Max can have it next year. That's, yeah. that's fine with me. <laughs> definitely final point I want to make I think it's really Mm -hmm. interesting now that um Checo Perez has sort of like really gotten the Red Bull Mm. under him that he and Valtteri Botas like it's like almost this like if Lewis and Max are going for gold and they're fighting for gold they're fighting for number one then Checo and Valtteri are fighting for that second spot like they're trying to prove to each other 
to the audience and to their respective teams. Like I, we are the best, like only one of us can, you know, survive and dominate as a team. And so we're going to fight with each other. And I think Valtteri in a sense, like I'd like to think that having a healthy competitor in Checo is probably kind of fun for him. Gives him a little bit more drive and like makes him want it a little bit more. So I think because for so long, that second seat at Red Bull, that person was not as competitive. It was always, Valtteri was always leagues behind Max and Lewis. And it's now he has someone like he has someone to play with. Like he's someone to like <laughs> to like spar yeah, totally. and like and like go to and like really go toe to toe with. And I think that's gonna be super interesting to watch over the course of the season, especially with Valtteri's contract being um yeah. finished at the end of the season. So I'm wondering Woof. if that's gonna give him a little bit more drive to sort of like dig in now to see if he can re up or get a new seat. Yeah. And I think it helps us know what kind of driver Valtteri is, because I don't think we've really gotten to see how good he is because he's just it's sort of inevitable that he's, you know, that third third place spot is his spot. And you don't really get to see him push against Lewis for whatever reason, for various reasons or Max. He's never really like I I don't know if he's really they're his peer necessarily Mm -hmm. but it feels like Checo as a peer we're gonna get to actually see what Valtteri's like as a driver yeah and and what Checo's like as a driver yeah and this race gave us that too which was which was very fun yeah so definitely I think this is this is like this race it was exciting for a lot of like different reasons but one of the reasons is I think it's setting us up for the rest of the season in a really interesting way Mm -hmm. so many things so many things. All right. Cue the news music. Kennedy, so bossy. All right, here we go. We have quite a lot of news. And I think I'm going to try to do them in order of occurrence. But we'll see. Item number one, and I think the sweetest one, Nico Hulkenberg got married. <gasps> Oh, yeah. Yes. So so Nico Hulkenberg, former Renault driver, he was teammates with Daniel Ricciardo during 2020. He didn't have an official drive, but he was like the substitute driver. He would pop in and, you know, hop in the car and, and uh, drive a bunch of races. And Hulkenberg is just like, he's just such a sweetie. I think, too, mm-hmm. I, I just have like big love for him. And... What Kate and I have mentioned previously, we don't really talk about the personal lives of the drivers. We're not really interested in that. However, when they do post something publicly, we will comment on it. And Nico got married last week to his longtime love. And we wish them the very best to the Hulkenbergs. I think that's awesome. She's cute. It's too. also she, also cute. she's cute. Soph has like a comment where she was like, so how they met was, and I only found this out because someone else said it to me. So they met because Nico Hulkenberg's his his wife now. Uh, she owns a clothing store. She's a crochet has a crochet clothing line. Incredible. And she sold some pieces to friends of his. I don't know if it was at a. I feel like it was like at a race or something. <laughs> and um, here's my they, crocheted merchandise. Uh, he, he, <laughs> and race. and like they gave his her card 
to Nico and like he hit her up and that's how they like started. And I think it's like very, very sweet. And she's just this cool girl. She like makes this beautiful like clothing and she's like the crochet girl on Instagram. Dude, it's like so cool. Craft girls like, represent on the love grid. It, love it. I was going to say cottage core, but craft girls. Craft girls, yeah. cottage core, all of it works. As a fan of that, and I probably some of our listeners are fans of Nico, um, mm-hmm. they will find that news really sweet as well. Mm-hmm. Moving on. (laughs) So the cancellation of the Singapore Grand Prix, there was supposed to be a rescheduled location for that Grand Prix date. So now we do have a place. We can confirm that Turkey is now officially rejoining the 2021 calendar. There will be a race on October 1st through the 3rd, that weekend, first weekend on October, in Istanbul Park. We never like to see a hole in our Formula One calendar, so it's nice to see that we finally sorted it out and got it together and got it that gap filled. And item number three. This week was the first week of W Series racing. Woo-woo! At the Formula One tracks, which if you're not aware, so there's the Formula Women Series on the same weekend. I think it's 12 races a year or this season where they will come and race on Saturday. Yeah, it's really neat to be part of sort of the spectacle of the racing weekend. Um, and really, really looking forward to that. There's one happening in Austin when so uh, when we go to the USGP. So I think it's going to be really, really cool to just like be part of that energy as well. Mm-hmm. If you haven't, we highly recommend watching W Series posted a reel of like all of the the drivers getting together for a group photo, and it just reads chaotic good to me. Like they're all just like hyping each other up and laughing and carrying on and i i live for it it's really awesome so cute definitely something um to look out for and we can definitely be pulling that into our commentary just let us know if that's something you're interested in yeah and we can also we're we're planning an episode where we're talking a little bit more about women and female involvement in formula one and how they factor into the sport as a whole so stay tuned for that. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Final thing. And I have a photo that goes alongside this. Okay. So last week, uh, and I, I think this is really great. It's going to lead into our social media star of the week segment. So last week, Kate and myself, whenever we have a social media star of the week, we post it on our Instagram. <gasps> Feel free to go like it. But last week, Alphatari was my social media star of the week that I had nominated so Kate had gone and I I was not aware of who this person was prior to that, but I'm very happy that I'm aware of who this person is now. Yeah. <laughs> the Alphatari social media is run by Diego Mandolfo. And uh, when we posted on our Instagram that he was our nominee, he and his work was a nominee for the social media star of the week. Big shout out to the Alphatari Instagram he not only liked our post, but he commented <laughs> on our post. And honestly, sure I did. have not known rest since. <laughs> I was, I like a friend of mine when I, when we realized that he, uh, he liked it because it's not only that he liked it, but he commented on it and he was appreciative of the love, but he's, he's a looker. He's hot. 
<laughs> he's a he's a good looking good looking person as well. When uh, <laughs> I was at lunch with someone and they took a photo of me, and oh. it's. That's like a meme. That's such a good meme it is photo. A meme. Hold on. Kennedy is like rearing back and like I'm hands like, <gasps> up, splayed, like full gasp mode. Oh my god! Oh my yeah. stars! No, I was so, so excited. I was crazy excited. So fun. That's how I felt when Will when Will liked and responded to one of our. I I don't remember if he commented. Yes, or he, if he, he just com- liked. he liked commented and watched our story in which oh, yeah. we, when we nominated him, him social media star of the week Will Buxton, which this is dude. just something we wanted to happen uh in general we'd love i mean obviously like we're doing it because we like the content that these people <laughs> yeah, yeah. are putting together it's like really cool to see that they notice that we're we're giving them so some recognition and some love from from the so pod all righty so, producer Sov, since this is your first official on the mic for real episode, mm-hmm. I'm going to give you all of our social media star of the week power. Who Whoa. is your social media oh, star God. of the week this week? You know, I forgot about this part of the podcast. You can take but, a moment if you need to. You know, I actually, I decided during your, during your racing news, my, I think this was this week that this is relevant from, well... Potentially, this is old news. Okay. It's okay. It could be simmering. I guess. So my pick is going to be a W Series driver. <gasps> okay. Actually. And so so my pick is Naomi Schiff. I hope that's how you say her name. She announced on June 11th, so it is a little dated, that she is... Oh, she's so cool. She is so cool. But so she's in the reserve driver lineup. So the W Series features 18 female racers from around the globe. And then in addition to that, there are two reserve drivers. They have 12 races. Um, and then the W, the championship title for the W Series is awarded to the competitor with the highest number of points from all the qualifying rounds. So similar to Formula One um, or standard form- Formula One racing. That's how the world champion is selected as well. Which we can go into this more. We're going to do a whole episode on the W Series. Yes. So we will be more learned. Well, I will be more learned. And <laughs> hopefully all of you will be too. Anyway, I so my pick is Naomi Schiff. She is just stunning. And she had like really nice coverage this week um, or this weekend. She's one of the two reserve drivers for the W series. And it was just fun when she announced it, Lewis Hamilton shared her post. She's, um, Rwandan and Austrian, I believe uh, Rwandan and German. It just very, it's just like a cool moment for W series. Oh my God. She has and such a beautiful family. Dude. She is incredibly attractive. She's just a babe of babes. She's like babe just of a, babes. She's just like a top shelf, top tier person. And she also does stunt driving in film. Oh, that's cool. That is the most cool factory thing I think you can do. Is I, I if you know if I were to redo my film career, I would be a stunt driver <laughs> for movies. That would be awesome. How fucking sick would that be? That would be, be so awesome. cool. Can't awesome. drive a stick shift, so I don't think that'll work out for me. But uh. <laughs> you know <laughs> you and like a good majority of like americans including myself so <laughs> i know 
My yeah. d- to my much to my father's severe disappointment, but mm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. couldn't couldn't do it. Anyway, she's she's my pick. She just she just was very excited to be to enter the W series world, I think, and was reposting everyone reposting Lewis's repost oh. of her of her joining, and it was very cute, and it was just a cool F one drivers celebrating W series drivers crossover, and yeah, um, yeah, just she she's the first W series driver that I really sort of have seen a lot of and um, am following a lot of the other women now because of it, which I think is just great. So that's awesome. I guess she's my first social media star of the week. Woo. Shout out. Awesome. This concludes today's episode. So how did you, how did you like it? That was really fun. I think it's going to be really hard for me to edit this one. Oh, okay. Because you're have like an emotional investment. An attachment I think it's it. harder to to edit your own voice and I also think I talked too much you did not talk too much if okay. anything I talk too much and you can say professionally speaking yes I do because you edit me down all the time no it's been it's been very fun very fun chatting with you and awesome. asking the questions yes yes you know. it was it's it's been like a cool it's been a cool week I think to be able to just like chat one-on-one with yeah. you about about racing i'll be very relieved when kate comes back to be honest (laughs) (laughs) i like chatting but uh i very much you know enjoy doing that i I need her brain i need her brain. yes we need her brain (laughs) we miss her brain next week we will not be having an episode but we will be watching the race and going live from our instagram and commentating so if you're not following at lights out f1 the podcast you got it on Instagram. Please do because we definitely um, will be coming to you from all different locations. Item number two: It's Sophie's birthday next Saturday, <laughs> so uh, it is. If you haven't already, I think what she would really appreciate you doing is um, giving us a little like uh, on Apple Podcasts, giving us a little five stars. Subscribe. Please subscribe For to my the podcast. Birthday like us on instagram follow us on tiktok that would be great because we want to just be offering more of this content to y'all that'll just help us out happy early birthday to soph can't wait to see everyone on the gram next week bye bye You've been listening to Lights Out.